All right, guys, welcome to Kuru FC Football Podcast. Today's episode will be about summer transfers, and I'll be talking today with Sai Venkata Girish. Sai, how are you? I'm good. How are you? All right, so Sai here is a, a fellow Premier League enthusiast. He's a big Chelsea fan, hungry fan. Sai, tell us about your love for the sport. Uh, so uh, I, I first got into uh, football, as it's called in Europe, and soccer in the U.S. Uh, when I when I moved to Hungary, and uh, there there was a there was a bit of a craze there in school. So when I first entered school, I, I heard like conversations and then uh, with my peers, and then slowly I got introduced to it. And then uh, the year after, I went to London, and the first stadium I went to was uh, Chelsea, and so I naturally started supporting. Chelsea, and uh, since then I've been quite invested uh, in uh, the team success as well as uh, the. Uh, and slowly now I'm uh, gathering interest in other leagues and uh, uh, national football as well. All right, yeah. So you see something that um, not many people can say here is that they've been to an actual European game, and especially reigning UC or oh, previous UCL champions from last year, Chelsea. That must be amazing. Having how how did you feel when they rose that big years? That yeah, it was amazing because obviously I wasn't supporting them uh, the first time they won it, uh, but uh, it, it, it's always nice when uh, like your team is in the Champions League final, let alone winning it. Because uh, after the season ends, uh, there's one week where there's no football, and so it's and only two teams are in it, and so it's it's nice like having. You can watch videos. You can like feel the build up before the game, and then obviously when we won it, it was quite amazing. It it didn't set in for a few days, and yeah, yeah. I can imagine. All right, so today we will be talking about the summer transfers. This uh, the summer transfer window has officially opened up. For those of you guys who may not know, basically a club has two windows to bring in uh, players from other teams, basically in the summer and in the winter through between um, January and December in the winter and usually between uh, June and August, I believe, for the summer transfer window. Yeah. yeah. So our summer transfer window just opened up, and it's a very exciting time for us fans because we get to see a bunch of new players coming in, maybe some players leaving. This could be make or break a lot of players. So let's, some of the transfer um, transfers that have already happened, there's big names. we got... Erling Holland, Kylian Mbappe, Antonio Rudiger, Arlene Tachumi, and Kareem Adeyemi. So first, let's go one by one. Erling Holland, man, crazy to Manchester City. What do you think of that? I mean, yeah, they're obviously reigning Premier League champions, and they strengthened. They didn't have a striker for the past two years when they and they still won. Uh, they edged Liverpool last year and the season before. They won quite comfortably, but. Uh, yeah, they're strengthened even more. And I think their their aim with Holland is to try and break that Champions League, uh, to try and win that Champions League. And uh, let's, we'll see whether he can deliver A, in England, and B, in the big moments. Exactly. So for those of you who don't know, Erling Holland is essentially the next Ronaldo, according to a lot of people. He is the, one of the most lethal striker, strikers of his age, and he's only 21, a very young age. and he was in Germany with a club called Borussia Dortmund for the past around two to three years, and his goal numbers are crazy. I think 
60 goals in maybe around one yeah. yeah yeah 70 games it's crazy he's a goal scoring machine like some people some people compare him to like a robot because it's so the, the goals he scores and the way he scores them it's like it's inbred within him like to know where to be and he's he's tall he's fast he's an aerial threat for headers yeah. it's an amazing so my personal opinion Erling Holland to Manchester City massive blow to all other clubs in England not even England and Europe man because like you said City have already won the Premier League without a proper striker they had Gabriel Jesus but he was played that many games yeah yeah and I think the last true striker they had was Sergio Aguero but then he moved and he was he was sort of on the decline for a while but Erling Holland man they're getting someone who he has the pace he has the physicality he has the vision. He can yeah. shoot from anywhere too. He's he's the most perfect striker that you could wish to buy. My only concern is so these past players that have come from Germany, they've taken some time to um Settle. maybe adjust to the Premier League. Some of them haven't even adjusted yet. Uh give me your take on that. I mean, yeah, obviously I've I've been hearing about like people's that with Holland coming in, and that's it. Like the Premier League's done. I don't agree with that because, like, like you said, it's going to take some adjusting. And even then, we've seen hundred million strikers like uh, Romelu Lukaku come in and flop. So I don't think you can say uh, like it's a guarantee that City will win. But it's obviously a huge, uh, huge uh, gain for them. Yeah, his dad Alf Injolland played for Manchester City back in his day, so that's also a big confidence booster he also knows the stadium and i think he called it the most beautiful stadium in england it's beautiful the etihad i don't agree with that but obviously he sees it so it's going to be a great it's a great signing for city fans i know city fans will be delighted but as i was saying like so kai Havertz, what so you bought um chelsea bought him for a lot of money and then what do you what, what would you rate his since it, since you got since he signed for chelsea how would you rate his time at chelsea on a scale of one to ten I think it's been pretty fruitful. I would say seven, six, seven. Obviously, there's a huge amount of potential, but we didn't just buy Havertz for one year. We bought him for five, six years. It's a, it's a, uh, like an investment. And uh, so far, I would say he's one of our uh, better forward players. We obviously have a lot of forward players. Many of them are on the fringes now, with the likes of Christian Pulisic, Hakim Ziyech, Timo Werner. And I think of the two uh, forwards, I can guarantee, guarantee you that people will stay Mason Mount and Kai Havertz but the rest I'm really unsure like I, I I've, there's obviously talks with Lukaku leaving Pulisic leaving I'm sure Ziyech will also want to get a move on and so uh yeah yeah I I could see that so Kai Havertz probably scored one of the most important goals in the UCL final so that makes it justified but when you bought him would you say you expected more goals and assists from him uh, I would say this season he's been fine. Uh, I don't know because we still haven't found the perfect position for him because he's not a number nine. He's uh, although we've been playing him as a number nine, he's not really a number nine. I would say he's more of a number ten or like a player uh, who likes to drift in and out, like kind of like a winger playmaker style. And uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, what what Tuchel does with him next season because we all know Lukaku wants to move uh, back to Inter Milan. And so it'll be interesting to see who we get in that forward area to partner with Mount and Havertz. 
I see, I see. Do you think maybe Pep Guardiola being the tactical genius he is, do you think you see him switching around Erling Holland around the field, maybe not necessarily as a, a primary number nine, but maybe on the wings or possibly in the midfield? Because he has he has some assists yeah. too. And he's, he, could, he could create. The only thing uh, I worry about with uh, Erling Holland is that uh, he's been playing with Dortmund, and Dortmund is not the same style as Man City. Man City like to keep the ball; they like to pass. Uh, and Holland is more of like a counter-attacking striker. Like you hit him on the, you hit uh, like the ball uh, on the counter-attack, and he runs onto it. So he's not quite. I'm not sure whether Pep, it'll be interesting to see how Pep adjusts Man City's playing style to fit Holland, or whether he actually does that, or whether does Holland have to accommodate to. City or do City have to accommodate Holland? Yes, yes. That is the question. Another German superstar you guys may have heard of, Jaden Sancho. He plays for my team, Manchester United. And I admit, I the hype that was surrounding him, I wished he produced more. But you could see throughout the season that slowly and slowly he was tweaking his game to fit the game in England. And I think... Holland might face that. I mean, he's a he's a very young uh, person. He's got a humongous future ahead of him. So, Holland, I think City fans, I I I could see why City fans are excited, and I think they should be excited. But um, there's also don't don't be a hundred percent sure that they're going to bring um bring home a UCL yet. You know, there's this, yeah. he still has to prove himself in England. Yeah, let alone the Premier League. I mean, Liverpool are right behind them. So. Exactly. Liverpool, Chelsea. Chelsea, I have a feeling they're going to make a strong push for the title chase. So, who knows? But he'll have a lot to prove, and there's going to be a lot of critics. But um, as much as it pains me to say it, I have faith that he will silence those critics. Yeah, I mean, there's also, like, Timo Werner, who also moved from uh, the Germany to the Premier League, and it obviously hasn't worked out for him. Yeah. But, so. so it go either way. Now, moving on. The next confirmed transfer, probably the second biggest of the summer. Not really a transfer, more of a new contract, which in essence is a transfer because everyone thought he was leaving. But Kylian Mbappe is staying at PSG. Crazy because everyone thought he was going to Los Blancos, the Real Madrid in Spain. But now he's staying at PSG. Like, what's up with what do you think of that? I mean, obviously, they won the Champions League again, the 14th time they won it. And the thing is, I've seen a lot of hate with uh, Mbappe's move, uh, Mbappe staying because there's obviously a huge bunch of uh, legal agreements he's done with PSG that he's basically taken over the club in terms of uh, uh, being able to run uh, uh, like players coming in, players out. He can control like the managers in and managers out. But I, it's obviously a three-year contract. I see him moving on to Madrid after three years. Uh, so I don't really mind the move, but uh, I can see why a lot of Madrid fans were unhappy because like, he, he was almost like he was destined uh, for Mbappe to be at Madrid next season, uh, partnering his best friend Karim Benzema. Uh, but we'll see. I, I certainly hope to see that uh, in three years because I think Mbappe is that type of player. He is that Galactico, uh, which Real Madrid have had with the likes of Ronaldo, Di Stefano, uh, Ronaldo, old Ronaldo. So, yeah. I certainly agree with that. I, I was honestly very surprised that he decided to stay at PSG because 
I don't want to. I don't want to say anything bad about PSG. They're obviously a massive club. They're a great team, but recently they haven't been doing that well. I mean, they crashed out of the UCL very early this year. Um, I'm not even sure. Last year they didn't. They didn't win league. Uh, right, Leo did. Yeah. Um, did they win it this year? I'm not oh, entirely sure. They won this year. They won. Okay, this they year. won it this year. But keep in mind, like people like to say that the French league, which is what PSG Paris Saint Germain, they're in the French league, and people like to say they're the farmers league because PSG is only the really world class team in that in that um league. Whereas, so it should be quite easy for them to win each year, and given the squad they have, they should also be competing. At very well in Europe, but they haven't been. They've, I mean, they haven't won a UCL similar to City, and they have Messi, Mbappe, Neymar, Donnarumma, some of the biggest names in football, and they're not, they're not, they're not winning the UCL. Which, and these are big money players um, that should be that are expected to bring home these silverware. Um, I think Messi himself maybe scored like five goals or. Very a very low number of goals this year in um, the French league, which is super, super unexpected because this guy was scoring maybe fifty, like sixty goals a season at uh, Barcelona, and now maybe it's age. But do you think Mbappe? Do you think Mbappe will he, has a little bit of regret, especially because he made this decision before Real Madrid won the Champions League? Do you think he has a little bit of regret now because he would have been, I think. He would have been pretty much thrown in the starting lineup at that point. I don't. I don't think so because I don't think Madrid winning the Champions League changes anything. He signed a three-year deal. Uh, it's worth a lot and a lot of money. It's, I think uh, the deal has sets him to be the highest-paid uh, footballer on the planet. And uh, but I, the, I think the I can see his uh, uh, view from it in that it's uh, it's Paris. It's his home. And obviously, the the PSG owners are Qatar are Qatari based, and with the World Cup coming up soon, I can see them wanting to uh, wanting to be uh, wanting uh, Mbappe to be the face of that uh, World Cup coming soon coming up in December. And so, I think it makes sense for both of them. Uh, the, I can I can obviously understand uh, how Madrid fans are feeling. Uh, they they're, they're calling him a snake uh, and other words like that. But I, the way I think of it is. It's three years. Mbappe is 22, I think. And in three years, he'll be 25, 26, the prime of his career. And you want to be spending your prime of your career in Real Madrid, where he will, be, where he will uh, live or die on the big stage. Right. You mentioned saying that Madrid fans would be angry because, Kareem, I mean, um, because Kylian Mbappe is not moving to Madrid. But do you think that might be slightly lessened considering the player they have in Kareem Benzema? Obviously, yeah. Uh, Benzema is almost a shoe in to win the Ballon d'Or this year, and uh, hopefully he, he carries on. The only uh, thing on like on his mark is his age. He's uh, aging, and uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, uh, what what happens uh, to him as he uh, progresses on with his career. Uh, because also with the midfield is aging. Modric, uh, Kroos, and Casemiro are also getting on, but they. Uh, They've already signed one player, which we'll be talking about later uh, in that midfield to plug in that gap. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Madrid next year. They're obviously reigning European champions. So, Right. You think possibly Mbappe was deterred by the fact of 
how well Benzema had performed. And Mbappe, he, I mean, he could play on the wings, but he's really an out and out striker. He like that's that's his that's his game. So you think that Mbappe, um, Benzema's incredible season? Do you think that may, maybe 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 think that maybe I won't get as much playing time with person who's essentially gonna win the Ballon d'Or? Maybe it might be better to stay here for a couple of years. It could be that. It, uh, obviously, Benzema is probably gonna get all the uh, the shining uh, light on him. But I mean, as Mbappe, uh, but with PSG, it's the same thing there. Messi and Neymar are obviously going to be sharing the limelight with Mbappe. It's not just going to be Mbappe. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 I don't really have as much gripe as what others are uh, thinking with Mbappe. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what PSG do with like their manager and how they're going to turn over that squad uh, because they obviously didn't have a great season this year. Right, right. Okay. Moving on, we have Antonio Rudiger, the Chelsea man, most likely leaving for Real Madrid. You as a Chelsea fan, how do you feel about that? Obviously, it's sad. Rudiger is a fantastic defender, and uh, with, with, with Andreas Christensen already leaving, and uh, Rudiger did say that uh, he was continuing to stay, but obviously with the uh, the sanctions, uh, it meant that we couldn't do any uh, uh, deals with our uh, players who were going to leave on a free. Uh, so that includes Andreas Christensen, who is most likely leaving to Barcelona. Uh, Rudiger uh, was like, for me, I think he's a world-class center back. Uh, like just today, he got announced in the PFA Team of the Year. So it speaks to his quality. Uh, and uh, even in a down year for Chelsea, he's still like one of the shining uh, lights. He's tall. He can play out from the back. Uh, very fast. He has all the attributes. Uh, for a world-class center back, and I think he'll do well for Real Madrid. He has also has a great shot on him. He scored some bangers yeah. this year. Yeah. But something that I was thinking that Rudiger wasn't also always uh, like a, always considered, like you said, a world-class center back. I think he was very um, almost revitalized under Thomas Tuchel because under under Lampard and Sarri, he was more. I, I think he was almost. He was very similar to um, uh, Kurt Zuma. He wasn't like I don't think people would say would be able to if you chose like which one if you had to choose which one was better. They were pretty much on the same level. Well, after Tuchel came in, maybe it's the German connection, but he just skyrocketed. He became yeah. a great defender, amazing, a leader in the back, uh, a man who was able to perform tackles whenever you needed him. He was just great, and it was amazing. So. Uh, it, it is going to be interesting because Chelsea played a three-back, and before Tuchel, it was a four-back, and Rudiger had to play in a in a in a centre-back partnership. Uh, I think he's better suited to a three-back. We can see with his uh, performances with Chelsea under Tuchel. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he uh, partners alongside Alaba. Madrid play a four a four-back, so it's going to be interesting to see uh, how his career progresses. Right. So so that also brings me up. So we you, Al, um, Real Madrid. Obviously, they have a great defense. I mean, winning uh, La Liga and the UCL in the same year, they have to have a great defense. But who do you see? Because Rudiger, as you said, is a world-class defender. So I'm assuming he's going to walk into that starting lineup. I don't think it's going to be – do you think it's going to be uh, Milashao that he's going to replace in that lineup? Because Milashao right now is their starting center back. Oh, Militao? Yeah, he's. I think he's going to partner alongside David Alaba. Uh, obviously, uh, on the left back, Marcelo was there. He's leaving, uh, and I forgot who they have at right back. But I think he'll walk straight. In. Carvajal. Oh yeah, Carvajal. There you go. Yeah. 
So yeah, I was I was also very surprised because Militao got he got a lot of accolades this season for maybe it's because he won all these things, but I never saw him as a great defender. I mean, he was he was definitely maybe it's because I, I think he's quite young still for um still developing. Yeah. But I never saw him as a great defender. So I think I agree with you that I think Rudiger, it's his spot to lose at this point because um he's already proven himself to be one of the world's best defenders. And um I think Real Madrid they can only get better now because they've just signed a great defender. And okay. So now moving on to our next signing, confirmed signing of the summer. I'm probably butchering this name, but Arlian Chumi, Chumi, Chumini, I think. Chumini, okay. French player, very young. Um, do you want to explain a little bit about his? Yeah, obviously style? he's a he's a central midfielder. He moved from Monaco uh, to Real Madrid for a lot of money. I think the fee is around 100 million euros, and so it's a lot of money for such a young player. But uh, with Madrid's aging, uh, three I, as I mentioned earlier. In Crows, Modric, and uh, uh, Casemiro, they're turning it over. They also have uh, Federico Valverde, uh, obviously Eduardo Camavinga. He moved last year uh, from Rennes, uh, and now they got Aurelian Chiumini, who I think Manchester United were looking at, and a lot of other big clubs were looking at. But uh, ultimately, uh, he only had one one goal in mind, and that was Real Madrid. Yep. And he's a great player. As you said, some of the biggest clubs in the world were looking for him. I was quite disappointed that we didn't get him because United are quite in a need for a midfielder, a great midfielder like that. And he would have been one for the future. And it's great. Like like you said, um, Madrid's midfield are aging out with uh, Cruz, Modric, and... Um, Casemiro. Uh, uh, Casemiro, yes. They're all mid-30s, I believe. Yeah. But... I think Madrid has done this very well. Um, I when I when they first signed Kamavinga, I always thought that he would be pretty much given his talent and that he possesses. I thought he would be thrust into the starting lineup, but I knew it would be hard because they already um, they have a lot of talent in that midfield already. So um, I thought they would just throw one of the older guys pretty much off to the side. But um, Kamavinga has been pretty much in and he's out. been pretty much maybe like a sub. But a great sub of that. Um, he was great in the Champions League. He was vital to them. So, do you see um, uh, this player? Do you see him becoming an automatic starter for Real Madrid, or would you say give it a couple years, maybe tailor to Real Madrid's playing style, learn yeah. under some of these guys, and then become a star for Los Blancos? Yeah, obviously, Luka Modric just signed a contract extension for one year. So after that, they're probably going to move him on. I'm sure Tony Cruz will also get moved on. And same with Casemiro. They obviously have all three mid, uh, midfielders uh, with backups. And I think he's one for the future. Uh, although I, am, I, I think he's slightly overhyped, uh, I still think he's going to be uh, a great player for Real Madrid. I agree with that. He's, um, he's definitely a player. Like you said, it's always, in my opinion, that much money on a teenager could always it's it's never a good idea just because i mean they're they're in their earliest stages of development yeah we all saw what happened to freddie adu person who was people spent so much money on him and now he's probably playing in one of the lowest leagues in the u.s so 
it's it's gonna be it's gonna be something where he needs to prove his worth. You know, he's gotta he gotta show to the world what he could do. Okay, so our next player, our last big player that was confirmed, Kareem Adeyemi, coming from Red Bull Salzburg. He is now joining Borussia Dortmund. This guy uh, is also a beast. Actually, he's on a very similar trajectory as Erling Holland. Um, Erling Holland came from Red Bull Salzburg, was an absolute destroyer there, scored many goals as this kid as this kid did. And then Erling Holland went to Borussia Dortmund. Borussia Dortmund then sold him to Man City, as we spoke about. Now Kareem Adeyemi, probably most likely his successor at Borussia Dortmund, who and Adeyemi was great at Salzburg this year. I think he might have been in the twenties, just in the Austrian um, Bundesliga itself, just for the goal goals, and he had a couple of assists too. So yes, yeah, so I'm looking. He's been, it's it's uh, 29 appearances, 19 goals, and five assists. So that's crazy. Yeah, and he's still 19 years old. Has great, maybe like 12 years ahead of him. Yeah. So. Obviously, going to Borussia Dortmund, trying to fill in Erling Holland's shoes, it's a massive task for anyone. How would you – do you think he's up for the task, or do you think he's a different sort of player that Erling Holland was? I don't know. I haven't seen much of uh, this guy. Uh, obviously, he has huge shoes to fill, uh, and he's gone slightly under the radar uh, in, in this summer transfer window compared to those big signings we've already mentioned. Uh, and uh, there's also uh, other uh, players who are on, on the move. Uh, he's gone slightly under the radar, but I think he's uh, he's a good uh, good young prospect. Obviously, Dortmund are very good with their youngsters, uh, as as we mentioned, Erling Haaland and a huge host of other youngsters like Jaden Sancho, uh, who uh, they've invested very nicely on and made huge profit on these players. So it's going to be interesting. I think he's at the right place. Dortmund is a, one of the best uh, uh, places for youngsters. And I, I, I think he's going to thrive there. Yeah. And he'll definitely have great service with Gio Rena playing, pulling the strings next season. So you know how it is. Um, so Kareem Adeyemi is an interesting player. I watched him play a couple times for RB Salisbury. I don't think he's the same sort of player as Erling Holland. I feel like obviously he doesn't have the aerial threat as much because he's not as tall. But I think Erling Holland is much more of just a straight out number nine. Yes, yeah. I've seen Karim Adeyemi. Um, well, Erling Holland possesses this, but Adeyemi he holds up the ball much more than Holland, and then he sort of waits for his players to catch up on the counter attack and sort of passes it to them. So I think they're obtaining a different sort of player in Adeyemi, but someone who could greatly benefit them in the German Bundesliga and Europe for years to come. So I think it's a great signing by Borussia Dortmund. Mm -hmm. Okay. Our next segment for the summer transfer episode is now the rumors. These players are, have been strongly linked with moving to another club, um, but nothing is solid yet. There's nothing official. So first, Darwin Nunez, the Benefica superstar. Where do you think he'll end up? I mean, uh, Liverpool just put in a bid for 100 million euros 
big money for a guy who's only played one season uh, at the top level. Obviously, he's Uruguayan. He's young. Uh, he got a lot of goals both in the Champions League and in the Portuguese League. Uh, I think he's. Uh, it's going to be interesting because with Liverpool, uh, Sadio Mane uh, is looking for a way out. And they're trying to replace him with Darwin Nunes. Uh, so it's going to be interesting uh, uh, where he ends up. A whole host of European clubs are uh, lining up for uh, Darwin Nunes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know United really want him. Though, um, they really want him, but I'm not sure if they have <laughs> they sort of financial abilities to do that. Yeah, I but, mean, um, uh, he's obviously uh, United are interested in him, but uh, I think he's agreed personal term personal terms with Liverpool, meaning he wants to work under Jurgen Klopp. And it's obviously a great, uh, a great place to uh, work under uh, because all, as, as you've seen, all Liverpool signings are like prospering with uh, Andy Robertson, uh, uh, Luis Diaz recently. So uh, it's a great place to uh, play at and work under Klopp, who's one of the best managers in the world. Yeah. And Klopp himself was... Uh, he, he spoke himself. He's a big admirer of Darwin Nunez. I mean, who isn't? 26 goals in the Portuguese league. That's incredible. That's He's on route to becoming a great player. Um, so, yes, he's going to be – he's going to give a, a – a, bring a massive goal threat. Um, one of the things that I think that brought him to Liverpool instead of United is just Liverpool are in the UCL. Jurgen Klopp's probably the best manager in the world or one of the best managers in the world at the time. But something, um, I think this season um, at Striker, we saw Roberto Firmino and a little bit of Diogo Jota at Striker. Yeah. And Darwin Nunez is primarily, he's a striker. I, I mean, he yeah. might play in the wings a little bit. Do you see him maybe getting rotated a lot? Um, around like that in that um, that whole attack? Or do you see him maybe – because Roberto Firmino, goals aren't really in his game as much as they used to be. Now he's he's just kind of holds – he's more of a hold-up player a bit. Yeah. Um, maybe he comes off a super sub. Diogo Jota has played um, a striker, but I think his main position, I think he, 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 he was really, really, really great on the wings. Yeah, so, I mean – it's going to be interesting uh, to see where uh, Klopp plays him because uh, this season they obviously deployed Sadio Mane and Mo Salah on the wings and either one of Diaz, Firmino, or uh, uh, Diogo Jota up front. So uh, with Mane leaving, it's going to be interesting to see who they play at left wing and who, play they, who they play at striker because uh, uh, they have to move one of these players to the wings uh, to fill in Mane's spot. Right, right. It's going to be... It's going to be a crazy – if Liverpool – honestly, I could argue that, you know, City City buying Erling Holland. I mean, if Liverpool get Darwin Nunez across the line, I feel – I mean, the title race was already close this year. I think Liverpool might, you know, they might have – I might I, – I think I could, you could make an argument that they might have the edge because, yes, Darwin Nunez is coming from Portugal – but I don't think he gets as much hype as Erling Holland, which in, in a sense, I'm saying that as a good thing because it's less in your head, less infecting your play. Um, and also the some of the Portuguese players that have come, come to the Premier League in years past, they've been incredible. Bruno Fernandes, um, I think, who else? Ronaldo. Um, 
Ronaldo, though, though that was a couple more years ago. Uh, Rafinha, he's been great for Leeds. So I think I think Liverpool, they're gonna they're gonna make us. Um, I think they could edge over City next year. As much as I would hate to see it, but I think they could do it. Yeah, I mean it was close this year. It was close two years ago. So and obviously Liverpool went uh, on all four fronts. They could have easily won the quadruple. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it's gonna be interesting to see how this uh, side go next year. Yeah, I agree. Now, my Man United target, Frankie De Jong. This one has been a big one that so many United fans want to see get across the line just because he's he's a great midfielder. I don't think you could argue against that. Wherever he, he hasn't he hasn't had a bad season. Um he's been a Barcelona mainstay for um like the past 3-4 years and He's been great for the Dutch national team. He was incredible at Ajax, and now it's theorized if he moves back to if he moves to uh, um, uh, United, he'll be reunited with that manager that made him great, Eric Ten Hag, who's the new United manager. Do you think? What do you think is going through his head right now? Because obviously, he said in interviews that I'd rather stay at Barcelona because United aren't in the UCL for next season, but there's still some convincing factors that could bring him to the Premier League and United. So what do you think he's thinking right now? I mean, obviously, it's a huge project under uh, Xavi Hernandez at Barcelona. They're bringing in a lot of young players, and uh, they seem to be going in the right trajectory. They're, uh, they're obviously going to get big signings this season. They're already linked to uh, players like Andreas Christensen, uh, etc. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, uh, where uh, Frankie de Jong decides to play. Uh, but I can see him come to the Premier League. It's Probably, in my opinion, the, the most competitive league. Obviously, with United, they are not playing in the Champions League. Uh, so that's going to be a, a huge factor because great, big players want to play uh, in, in big games. And uh, that's that, that could be a deciding factor. Right. I mean, I think you could argue that United are also in a massive project, similar to Barcelona. The only difference, Barcelona are in the UCL, so obviously in a better position. United have a massive rebuild that they need to go under, and it starts with the midfield. Um, and Eric Ten Hag, I think he'll bring in Frankie De Jong and then bring back Johnny Van de Beek from uh, Everton. I think, I think that could be a convincing factor. I, I personally, I hope and I could see it happening, but obviously, you like playing in the UCL is a big factor. You, I don't know if. Frankie de Jong, I'm not sure. He just spent a year playing in the Europa League. I'm not sure if he wants to do that again because a player of his caliber, obviously, he deserves to be playing in the Champions League. So, And as we've seen, United could be great one season and then absolute terrible the next season. So I'm not sure. It's a big risk coming to United. So he's got to put all those into perspective. Next I know you've been hyped about this transfer, Usman Dembele possibly coming to Chelsea. What are you thinking about that? Yeah, I mean, Chelsea are in need of forward players. Our highest uh, goal scorer this season was Lukaku with only 15 goals. And you compare that to other big uh, big clubs like uh, Liverpool and Mo Salah, who scored 30-plus. Uh, you obviously have Cristiano Ronaldo, who scored 20-plus. Uh, like all uh, Karim Benzema, Kylian Mbappe, you name it. All, big, all great sides have uh, a focal point. Uh, like a big goal scorer. And obviously, it didn't work out with uh, Lukaku at Chelsea. 
And I think Usman Dembele, although he didn't play that much in La Liga, he got 13 assists and one goal, uh, which uh, he got 13 assists, which was the highest in uh, La Liga, despite him not playing uh, uh, a lot of games. And so I think he can offer some creativity uh, up front for Chelsea. Uh, and uh, he can be reunited with Thomas Tuchel, who was obviously his coach at uh, Borussia Dortmund. Yeah, I think he was very, after Xavi came in, I think he became, and he, I think he's been on an injury-free spree for a while now. So I think, I think after he came in, he sort of, I think he had something to prove because everyone's like, oh, this is hospital boy. He's, he's not, he's not going to do much. Sort of like Eden Hazard. But now he, he got 13 assists. It's ridiculous. Um, and then coming to Chelsea, obviously, like you said, bring, being reunited under Tuchel. And Tuchel is what made him into one of the brightest youngsters of the time. Like, he has pace. He's great with his feet. He has a great shot on him. I mean, if Chelsea get him, I think it will be, it will be a great signing. And I think he's not that expensive, I believe, right? Free. So, Free. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be – I think that would be a great signing. I think he'll probably replace Christian Pulisic, right? Yeah, uh, he looks okay. like he's on his way to uh, Liverpool, I think. Uh, so, yeah. So my my main thing is that. So obviously, like I don't want to I don't want to jinx anything, but like I said, um, Dembele has been on an injury free spree, but he comes. To, it's just because he went maybe like half a season without injuries. I mean, like you said, England is one of the toughest competitions out there. It's more physical. I mean, he's bound to get injured, and given his history, I mean, that's one of the main reasons why Christian Pulisic, I think, hasn't been able to show his best like potential in a in a Chelsea uniform because he gets injured so often. Every time he gets going, he gets injured. I, I feel like you could say the same for Usman Dembele. Obviously, it's uh, it's interesting. Everyone's calling him hospital boy, this and that. So uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm obviously excited as a Chelsea fan to see a player of that caliber. Uh, coming to Chelsea. It's been a while since we had that. Obviously, we had Romelu Lukaku, but it didn't work out. Uh, and since then, we haven't had uh, a mega superstar come in. Uh, and I think Usman Dembele is of that level. And uh, I don't know. Uh, we obviously have good backup in those positions. It's going to be interesting to see where uh, Tupel uh, employs him because we also have a right wing back and uh, we, we could see uh, Dembele play at right wing back. Right wing back, that would be interesting. I haven't seen too much of his defensive side. But yeah, I don't know. Is he good? Yeah, I mean, Reese James. Okay. Is really there, but uh, I think Tuchel might uh, bring him to center back because we obviously have a uh, a gap in that position with uh, two people leaving, uh, and Cesar Aspilicueta's position being a bit. Uh, uh, we don't know whether he's staying or whether he's leaving to uh, Barcelona. Okay, then I'll sort of segue into the next Chelsea transfer. Someone who might be leaving Chelsea, Romelu Lukaku. So obviously, he's professed his love for Inter Milan while in Chelsea, which lost a lot of the like a lot of the love from the fans of Chelsea. Do you see him leaving Chelsea in the state that it is? I mean, I feel, I mean, especially with the players that Chelsea are linked to, I see maybe see him staying one more year, trying to leave on a little bit of a better note trying to score a little more goals, do something, like trying to do something for Chelsea. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Especially if Dembele and uh, Dembele and Lukaku link up, that would be one of the most dangerous things in the Prem. And you already have Mount who's applying. He's been a constant yeah. great player for Chelsea. 
Um, got Kai Havertz improving his game each year. I mean, I, I don't – because if Lukaku leaves, then I don't think you guys have a, a number nine in your squad that could really fill that gap. Yeah, obviously, we've been playing Kai Havertz at number nine with Lukaku being uh, on the bench. I think I think he wants to leave. He, uh, they're thinking of a loan move for Lukaku because obviously Chelsea spent so much money on him and they, they like to re- uh, recover most of the money they, they spend. So I think they're looking for a loan move to try and boost his profile so that they can eventually sell him on. And obviously, Inter Milan are uh, financially restricted this uh, th- as they were last year, uh, same this year. So they, I don't think they can afford Lukaku in terms of his uh, like his uh, uh, in terms of the uh, the money it costs because Chelsea will try and uh, want to recuperate most of the hundred million pounds they spent on him. And I'm hearing that he's willing to take a, a pay cut. Personally, I would I wouldn't mind seeing Lukaku move on because uh, that it means his wages are off the books. It means that. Uh, we don't have this noise on Lukaku, uh, who's, I think, since he did that interview, uh, the, the season for Chelsea has changed. Uh, I agree. So, I mean, I think, honestly, I think, I do think he regretted that after saying that. I, I think maybe he, I don't know, maybe he wasn't in the right headspace or something. But I also think that after he apologized, said, I'm going to focus on Chelsea, his game did improve a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think I think if he just, you know, leaves all the Inter Milan stuff behind, maybe for one season, stays at Chelsea, tries his best, like just puts it all out of his mind, stops being in my in essence like a little baby and gets like gets his attitude together. I think he'd be a great like striker for Chelsea. Yeah, I mean, we've obviously seen the potential with uh Lukaku uh with Inter Milan. Uh uh, we've obviously seen uh, what Lukaku can do uh, at Inter Milan. And so it's, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what happens. Uh, because I know there is a bunch of goals behind uh, Lukaku. He's obviously one of the most prolific strikers in Europe. And uh, uh, he's done it before in the Premier League with both Everton and Manchester United. Uh, the the only thing I do uh, hold against him is that when he did join Chelsea, he was like, oh, this is my dream club. And then three months later, he turned completely and did a, a 360 and professes love for uh, Inter Milan. Uh, so, uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see even if Milan fans uh, accept him because he left uh, them during a time of crisis when Conte also left. So, that's true. Yeah, that's an interesting one. So, also sort of similar to that, um, I guess Lukaku and Pogba, I think you could say they're same play, like sort of same players in the way they kind of act in a way. I I lost a little bit of respect from for Pogba over the years, but Pogba on his day is probably the best midfielder in the world. He's great. He's he's got the moves. He's he's flashy. He could cre- he could weave passes together like crazy he can make the tightest pass it's incredible um he could shoot he's tall he's an aerial presence um and we all saw with the france national team he's a huge team player and he will put he'll put himself on the line for the better of the team but obviously i mean i don't think he was bad at united but given what we all expected from him i think it just wasn't there he he didn't he wasn't. He was unprofessional at times. He wasn't the greatest. So he's obviously on the move. He's a free agent, which is crazy because 
United bought him for a massive amount of money. So this is actually something that United are made fun of. They let Pogba go for free because he was at their academy when he was young, to Juventus. He became a star at Juventus, racked up his transfer price. United bought him back, expecting him to do all these things. Now they're letting him go on for free again, which is boggles me. But that's for another episode talking about the problems of Manchester United. Do you think but do you think Pogba's been a flop? I know you've asked me this questions before, and as much as I hate to say it, given his price well well I think he has been a flop in a sense, given that what we expected of him, a player of his caliber, he's quite inconsistent sometimes. His first two seasons were actually quite good. He had a lot of goals and a lot of assists, but that was also paired with unprofessionalism off the pitch. I mean, I guess you could pair that to Jose Mourinho being toxic in his head, but I mean, you're being a captain of Manchester United. I feel like you, it carries a little more weight. You have to, I mean, we all saw with the French national team. If he brought that to United, United might be a different team by now. They might be like title chasers or UCL contenders. But right now we're in the Europa League. So I would have to say Pogba, given the amount of money we spent on him, he's probably been a flop. Yeah, I mean, I would would also agree because he obviously won three trophies. uh, But that was all, I think, in his first year under Mourinho. And since then, uh, United haven't won any trophies. Uh, you obviously spent. Uh, you well, he was the world record. I think he was a United record uh, transfer at the time. So he's uh, 150 mil. Yeah, there's a lot of money. Yeah. So, yeah. so obviously he's leaving again for free. So United are, don't really get anything from that. Um, some of the possible def- destinations. Uh, I think Juventus in Italy, the old lady. They're the top runners. Um, I know Los. I I, re, I feel Real Madrid has definitely been in contact with them about uh, over about the availability of Pogba. Obviously, um, actually his agent who represents him, he died. So um, Mino Raiola, he died recently. I'm not sure if that will affect any of the transfer saga he has, but he died. So. Pogba has to be get a new representative. Um, Bayern Munich have been inquiring. I mean, a bunch of top clubs have been asking about his availability because he, there's no doubting he's a great player. It's just whether he could bring that to the squad that you're bringing him to. And they also have to take into account that he comes with massive, massive wages. He gets paid probably the most on the Premier League. Even this year, even though he didn't play that often because he was injured, he gets paid so much money because he's a superstar. He's like at that level, and that's in his contract to buy him for. So these clubs have to um, determine whether they could cover his wages or not. So yeah. where do you think – Where do you, first, where do, do you think, where do you think he would be best suited at, and where do you think he will move to? I think he's going to move to Juventus. Uh, he's obviously been there before. Uh, uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, well, what happens with Juventus. They've obviously been quite. They haven't won the Serie A in two years now, and uh, it's going to be uh, because uh, they're kind of under a transition. Uh, they have aging players. Chiellini is just leaving uh, to Juventus. He's leaving to LA, so it's going to be interesting to see uh, 
what happens uh, with Pogba and Juventus because I feel that Italy needs Juventus uh, to be bad because they're one of those uh, superstar clubs. And I think even uh, Europe, the Champions League, need uh, Juventus to thrive again. I agree with that statement. I definitely see him going to Juventus. I think that's his top destination. But something that Pogba was talking about is a new challenge, something new, you know, something that's different. And I feel going back to Juventus, that's returning to a club now twice in his career. And he's not that he's not that young anymore. He's 28, I believe. He's he's like he's coming over the peak of his career. So maybe he might want to try somewhere else. I mean, I think he could I mean, Real Madrid obviously as we spoke about before, they're they're pretty much settled in the midfield, so it might be too late for that. But I think Bayern Munich could be interesting. Seeing him go to yeah, Bayern Munich. PSG. Or PSG, PSG playing for his countrymen. Um, right, because, I mean... I've also heard rumors that uh, Zidane is coming to PSG. It could be a possibility that Zidane at PSG. Yes. So, I mean, it'll be it'll link up with, like, I think his idol, like Zinedine Zidane. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, yeah, because Zidane, yeah, Zidane is a, yeah, Zidane is, first of all, he's a huge admirer of Pogba, and Pogba is a huge admirer of Zidane. Um... But when I think of um, PSG, I, now that you mentioned that, that's an interesting one because they don't—they don't have like a, a, a set center attacking midfielder, do they? I mean, I know Angel no, Di Maria. I mean, they have either. Verratti. Yeah, yeah Verratti I mean, is there, but he's not quite a central attacking midfielder. He's more of a yeah. center mid. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that statement. He's um yes. Um, so PSG could be interesting. Maybe he's their missing piece, especially Mbappe staying now. And imagine that squad. Mbappe, yeah. Neymar, Messi, Pogba. Donnarumma. Um, Donnarumma, Ramos. Marquinhos, Ramos, Kimpembe. Like, it's a star-studded Hakimi. squad. Hakimi. Hakimi. Yeah. It's, it's quite amazing. And then if Zidane comes to PSG, I mean... yeah. It's gonna be a real. They're gonna be a real danger in Europe and. But again, we we yeah we did say that last year as well. I mean, with Messi coming in, we we all thought they obviously signed a lot of players last year: Donnarumma, Ramos, Hakimi, Nuno Mendes, uh, and uh, so it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with PSG. They're obviously gonna go under a, a transition with the manager, uh, with Pochettino leaving. So it's gonna be interesting to see who they sign. They're obviously linked with Jose Mourinho as well, so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I agree with that. Now, next one, Gareth Bale, someone who's been ridiculed a lot for liking golf better than soccer. But um, yeah. obviously, he just qualified for the World Cup. He put in a stellar performance. Obviously, he has the talent. We all saw it. When he was at Tottenham, he was quite good. I thought he was great. But um, Real Madrid, I think they've that that the boat passed yeah. and then they don't really they don't want him anymore. So yeah, I mean, Bale's destinations. I haven't heard too much about it, but obviously he's. I think I know the MLS was there, but I don't think Bale's quite old enough to go to the MLS. I think he still yeah. has some things to prove. So maybe move back to the Premier League. Um, maybe somewhere. Yeah, I've heard Europe. that. I've heard that uh, he's uh, rumored with going to like a, a Welsh team like Cardiff City. They're like in the championship Premier League uh, 
So, like, Swan, there are a couple Welsh teams in the English league, like Swansea and uh, Cardiff City. So, it's going to be interesting to see where Bale plays. I did hear that if Wales didn't qualify, he was going to call it quits because uh, he I, he didn't really have a point. But now that Wales qualified and that they're going to be in the World Cup, Bale might want to get some playing time under his, uh, under his wings. Uh, so, it's going to be interesting to see where he ends up. He's obviously a player with massive wages. And it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. He'll he'll definitely have to take a pay cut uh, if he wants to go uh, elsewhere. Where do you think? What do you think would be like a good? Because obviously there's nothing really concrete with him like moving to a club. Where do you think would be like a good place for him to go? I think I think I don't mind the idea of him going to like Southampton, like a place like that where under like obviously Southampton there's James Ward-Prowse. Uh, they're kind of on the up. It's like a, a quiet place. I think that's a place where I could see Bale thriving. He's obviously old. He's 32 now. So it's going to be interesting. I don't see him going to like a elite club anymore. Uh, okay. Because I don't... I, I, I don't... You, you think so? No, I, I could I could see him going to oh. like, a, like a club like that, like a mid-tier so, club. Yeah. I... I Oh, well, yeah, he's 32. He's, he's Yeah, he, he's like sort of past his prime... But yeah. I mean, we all saw like just like maybe like he might have something still in him. I mean, Christian Erickson Erickson was quite good for Brentford this year, yeah. So, and he just came back from a heart attack too. So yeah, Bale might have something to prove. Maybe just like a final like I told you so to Madrid. Like maybe like like a rip yeah. of Real Madrid fans. So in that sense, I think the most competitive level, I think a Tottenham level club. Or like a Borussia Dortmund level club is like, like is the max like the highest club he, he can go reach. To but um, obviously he might have to. I think he's right. Like you said, he's reaching the dawn of his career, and it's not that it's bad. Bad either. I mean, I think he's had a great career. He Real Madrid. His time yeah. at Real Madrid was great. So I don't think it's necessarily something to be ashamed of. Maybe a little bit bitter because it didn't yeah. end the way he wanted it to. But yeah. I think he, he he could look back at his career and be proud now that especially Wales have qualified for the first time in sixty four years, so yeah, a long time, yeah, yeah. So he's gonna be good. Um, next one is a little bit. Don't spend as much time on it because Sadio Mane leaving Liverpool, obviously gonna be a big thorn in the side for them, especially if they're not able to replace him. Going to Bayern Munich. Um, what do you think of Bayern Munich acquiring Sadio Mane? I I, th- I think it's kind of interesting because I never thought uh, a Sadio Mane would ever want to leave Liverpool because look at the success they're having. And I thought he's that quiet guy, that guy, that guy who doesn't need the limelight. So I thought it was quite interesting when a I heard him putting a transfer request and b him willingly uh, saying that he wants to leave Liverpool. So uh, it's gonna be interesting to see uh, where he ends up. I think it's gonna be Bayern Munich most likely. And they obviously have Leroy Sané. But Robert Lewandowski looks like he's on his way out of Bayern Munich. So, it, yeah. Yeah. It'll be definitely interesting to see what happens. Um, Dybala. What do you think? I mean, I I think he said he's going to – he confirmed he was leaving. There's a bunch of clubs interested, yeah. United included. Um, What do you think of him as a player? I want to hear your opinions first before I give my I opinion. think I think – I think Paolo Dybala is a world-class player. I think he has the potential. He's uh, reaching his prime years. 
he hasn't been too bad at Juventus. Chelsea were interested in him, but I'm not sure uh, whether we're still interested in with the uh, with Usman Dembele coming in. Uh, I I've heard that it's a strong possibility he goes to Inter Milan, who are uh, uh, who are obviously top Serie. They won it last year. They were very close this year. So uh, yeah, I don't know. I think he's a very good player. He obviously plays right behind the striker. Uh, he's been called a little messy or like the next Messi before. Obviously, he hasn't quite lived up to that Messi standard, but he's a pretty decent player. Uh, for he's been a pretty decent player for the old lady. Yeah, I agree. He's been. I think he he gets a lot of hate, maybe because of the stuff that was like maybe like people expecting him to be better. And his and his numbers are good. They're not great. They're not insane. Um, and he's had. I think. He's had some good seasons in Turin, but um, I think he's uh, like been not as good. He's definitely not put as much numbers up in the past years. And I know United have been longtime admirers of him. I don't believe with Eric Ten Hag coming in, I don't think that will come across the line because I just don't. I don't think he fits United's playing style. I never really thought he did. I never thought he would like come in and be that guy who solves United's problems. I think he's sort of similar to Pogba in a way, and he probably also will have massive wages. So, yeah. I think I could see him. Um, yeah, I don't think he'll come to United, but definitely a great player. Someone to keep an eye on these coming in this summer, seeing where he goes. Now, Robert Lewandowski. This is an interesting one because. It's quite clear he he wants to go to Barcelona. Barcelona want him, but Barcelona haven't put in a concrete offer for him. He they haven't put in anything actually. And I think I'm not I'm not sure. Maybe it might be Bayern refusing to let go of him. Obviously, he's one of the most prolific strikers of our time. But what do you think that saga is going on? Like, what do you think is going on I mean, between these two clubs? Yeah. Every day we're hearing news stories with Lewandowski talking to like radio shows in Poland, saying expressing his uh, desire to leave uh, Bayern Munich, and he's been saying that there's only one possible destination, and that's Barcelona. Uh, obviously, Barcelona are under some financial fair play restrictions, which is why they haven't been able to uh, like uh, officially announce the likes of Andreas Christensen coming through the door. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see uh, whether he does get his uh, move to. Uh, uh, Barcelona because there has been some refusal from Bayern Munich to let him go uh, and it's going to be interesting to see what money he goes for because obviously he won the European Golden Shoe once again this year. He knocks up 50 goals. Uh, he's one of the best strikers in the world uh, and uh, some some people say he got robbed of the Ballon d'Or last year and the, definitely the year before in 2020. So uh, He's obviously one of the best players in the world. He's slightly, he's obviously uh, approaching the end of his career, but he's still notching up great numbers. So uh, it's not, it's going to be interesting to see what Bayern uh, won, for, uh, like the amount of money they won from him, because uh, I'm not sure whether they can like get, uh, ask for 100 million euros with the with the uh, uh, with the age of Lewandowski. But I think he'll be going around for that 50, 60 million, and it's going to be interesting to see whether Barcelona can breach that financial fair play and get. It. Something that I never understood is that why are these big plug clubs, if a player wants to leave, I don't understand why they insist on keeping them. Because it's almost yeah. 
almost like holding them captive in a way because they want to leave. Yes. I mean, look at what happened to Harry Kane. I mean, Harry Kane, Golden Boot winner last year, probably the best striker in the world. But now he's, I mean, he's scoring goals, but he's the numbers are like very, they're almost like, they're not the same. It's just, it's not the same yeah. Harry Kane that we saw in previous years. Is like, oh, Harry Kane, the best striker of the world. Harry Kane of England. Like he was, he was pretty much royalty by considering how good he was. And Lewandowski, I feel like Bayern Munich, they're only hurting themselves because, and Robert Lewandowski, because he, I think if they keep him beyond the season, I don't think, obviously, like you said, he's approaching the end of his career. So he won't be putting up – he won't have as much of an output because he's getting old. He won't feel like – I feel like he'll just lose some of that will to play for that club, playing for the badge. I feel like he'll, that would affect him too. And Yeah, because when... – Oh, yeah. Yeah, because like when when players uh, want to leave, they uh, they don't feel like they want to play. And you're you're like holding like, – like you said, holding them captive. It's like a player on. Uh, it's like their their assets depreciating because they don't want to perform for you because you've mistreated them badly and they will therefore mistreat you by not playing well. Uh, we saw that. Uh, we saw that recently, like with Harry Kane and players of the past who de- desperately wanted to leave, uh, like Lukaku who wanted to leave and he obviously hasn't been uh, showing up. Uh, the numbers we, we know he can. Uh, so yeah, uh, I'm also kind of curious. To to uh, know your opinion on how Barcelona can fit uh, Lewandowski in because they have a whole host of attackers like uh, Pedri, Ansu Fati, obviously uh, Memphis Depay, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. They have a lot of forwards. Uh, to see how they bring Lewandowski in and what they do with the rest of their uh, forwards. Okay. So what yeah, do you think so... of? So that, yeah, that's a great question because, I mean. I think when if they were to bring Lewandowski in, he would be in that number nine position. Pretty like no changing that around really, because um, yeah, their number nine position. I think that's one of the things that they're because right now what they have Luke De Jong and Memphis Depay, Aubameyang, Aubameyang as well. Oh, and yeah, that's true. They have Aubameyang. They recently brought in Aubameyang. Um, who to be fair to Aubameyang, he's been he's been, he's been pretty, pretty good yeah. since he's joined Barcelona. Yeah, so. I don't see – Lewandowski's obviously – I mean, he's obviously above Aubameyang in terms of pecking order. Yeah. It would be – I mean, Xavi has – I think he's worked so well, so hard to implement the system at um, Barcelona, finding a system that works with the player he's been players he's been given. I mean, I could see him possibly maybe going to two up top, but I'm not sure if that will yeah. – I mean, I'm not sure if that will – because they – Xavi has like like we all like he has a certain playing style that like I think yeah. that I feel it'll be like any major even like changes to the formation it might screw things around a little bit so it'll be interesting because yeah. we might then see Aubameyang thrown off to this um to the bench again or maybe yeah. put him in a different position because with Ad- um um Usmane, Usman Dembele leaving maybe we might see Aubameyang on the wing. Because yeah, I mean, to be fair, I know they Barcelona's... all have Adama Traore. And to be fair, I mean, he's he hasn't been bad. I think he's he was quite well good for them in their like in the past in their games. He hasn't been terrible, better than he Who? was at Wolves. 
Oh yeah, Adama Traore. Yeah. Uh, although I do think that he's returning back to him alone, uh, and Barcelona mm-hmm. are not going to pay the money. They're not going to pay the money Wolves require for him. Uh, so I think right. they're already shipping out. They're already shipping out Dembele and uh, 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 Traore. They obviously have Pedri and Gavi, who are also uh, who occupy those attacking positions. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, what formation Barcelona play under uh, uh, Xavi with these uh, new signings coming in. And it seems like they're linked uh, with everyone under the sun at this point. Uh, they're uh, they're very strongly linked with Rafinha of Leeds. I think he might yeah, come that in too. And fill that Leeds position. I'm not even. Sh- it might have been um, like a. I'm not sure if there was an, any agreement yet because I've seen a lot of a lot of lot of things about Rafinha yeah. going to Barcelona. But um, yeah, it's curious to see um, because if I had to say. I think they're probably they would probably shift Aubameyang to the bench because obviously he's been good with Barcelona, but not good enough to you know like Aubame- Aubameyang maybe like he scored like maybe 15, 16 goals a season with Barcelona, but with yeah. Lewandowski up top, you're gonna be scoring maybe yeah. twenty like high twenties a season. So I think it's different. For sure, for sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. Almost coming to the end. Conte, I guess we'll sort of, sort of skim over. Yeah. Um, so obviously you know more about this than I do. Big, he's a. Yeah. I think he's done enough to consider himself maybe a Chelsea legend, one of the best sure. CDMs in the world. Um, is of he, all time? I would say. Oh yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah. That's a big. That's a big. That's a big title. But would you say? Would you say that he's definitely leaving Chelsea? I don't know. He only has one year left on his deal, and uh, he his contract expiring in twenty twenty three. Jorginho, the it's very similar with Jorginho as well. Both of these um, midfield maestros have their contract expiring next year, so it's going to be interesting to see what Chelsea do in that position. They obviously have players like Conor Gallagher coming back on loan. Uh, obviously, Mason Mount can play on his cheek. Uh, like a, a lot of French players like uh, Ross Barkley, uh, Danny Drinkwater. So those types of players. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, what happens with Conte. He's obviously old, and fitness has been an issue for the past couple of seasons with Conte. But we did see uh, the best of Conte in twenty in that Champions League run. But last season we didn't see. Uh, uh, we we never got to see a consistent run of games uh, given to Conte because of uh, repeated injuries uh, happening to him. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see whether Chelsea extend his contract or just let him go on a free or sell him on this year. Uh, personally, I don't mind seeing Conte leave because uh, he's getting to that uh, uh, end end stage. And for a player like him, his legs matter a lot. He likes to run a lot, and so uh, he's obviously linked with Manchester United. Uh, he's he on his day, I would say he's the best CDM in the world. So uh, I don't know what Chelsea are gonna do with him. Yeah, I mean, he's a very interesting player. Like you said, he's he's got bags of talent. He was critical to France's World Cup uh, victory and also Chelsea's UCL run, um, UCL victory. Um, But I feel, I have a gut feeling that he's going to stay at Chelsea. I mean, a player of that caliber, and I think he has a love for the club. Um, I don't think, I mean, obviously Chelsea, they didn't end where they wanted to be. Maybe he'll try and, and he didn't. He didn't get to play as much as he wanted to. I think because I think Chelsea is what like that's the club where he became like the Engolo Conte, the one that the 
French yeah. country people sing about. So yeah, I, I mean, think Chelsea do. Could... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, Chelsea do have Chelsea do have a uh, a policy where they don't offer players over thirty a contract more than one year. Uh, they did that with John Terry. They did that with Frank Lampard, Didier Drogba, legends. They only offer them one year contracts, or they kept adding on. So like Thiago Silva, he only has an added on contract by for one year because Chelsea don't. Uh, they just have a policy like that. And uh, Kante is obviously over thirty, and so if they do extend his deal, I can for a year. And obviously, Kante is not that guy to be wanting to leave. He's very humble. He drives a Mini Cooper, and everyone likes him. So, yeah, one of the most lovable men in fo- men in football. Okay, for sure. This next guy, I have a question mark next to because there's nothing been said about him leaving at all. Um, the man. The myth, the legend, Cristiano Ronaldo, Manchester United, came to United yeah. last season. Um, for those of you who don't know, he spent a couple seasons at United uh, very early on in his career, um, from around like 2004, 2003 to 2009, under the legendary yeah. manager, Sir Alex Ferguson. And United is where he became the Cristiano Ronaldo, the, the Cristiano Ronaldo, the goal of football. Um that's where he was made. And I think that was instrumental to his return to Manchester United because he had, shares so much passion for this club, so much love for this club. He, he never, um, the, the fans never disrespect him because he's Cristiano Ronaldo. He's their savior. Like at Madrid, he, like a lot of fans were like, Oh, who needs Ronaldo? Like, like they, they were writing him off a lot, but Manchester United fans have always had a love for him. I know. I know I was going crazy. When he returned, because it was rumored he was going to go to Man City, and that's terrible because Man City are one of our biggest rivals, and that would have been a terrible day. But in the end, he chose his one true love, Manchester United. But the season hasn't turned out the way he would have wanted to. It started off quite well, very well actually. I had a lot of hope for this season, but um, as the season progressed, the change of managers and injuries and players not performing it was just a whole entire clown show and united ended the season yeah. sixth out of the um uh out of the champions league and in the europa league and for those of you who don't know cristiano ronaldo has been playing professional football since he was 18 he has never played in played the, europa, in the league. europa league he's played in the champions yeah. league each day and that's like it's crazy to think that if he stays, he'll be playing in the Europa League because that's yeah, that's such a step down for a player of his. I mean, it's not that he, he himself had a great season. I think he was the third highest scorer in the Premier League. He was United's best player by far. He was always he's almost like like an older brother in that squad, trying to get everyone to motivating them, trying to get everyone to do their jobs, trying to trying to bring life to this this team that this club that he loves so much. But obviously, um, he wasn't. It's not a one-man job. It's a team sport, and he wasn't able to get this team to qualify for the UCL. And I think he was very upset by that, especially um, given like he wanted to win big things with this club. He wanted to he wanted to bring United back to their their gloryful spot. But now they're playing Europa League football next season. And he cannot be too happy about that. 
So yeah, you almost you almost associate the Champions League with Ronaldo. Like he's our all time he's the all time goal scorer in the Champions League. He's won the most trophies. He's won five, uh, three, four at Real Madrid, one at Manchester United. So you almost associate the Champions League with uh, Ronaldo, and it's right. going to be interesting to see him in Europa League uh, lights. You've never seen him. You ne- you've never seen him play in Thursday night football. So right. uh, yeah, and he he obviously only has one year left on his deal. He's rapidly approaching the end of his career. He's 37, maybe 38 uh, by the end of next season. So uh, he doesn't have a lot of uh, playing time under his legs. The the World Cup's approaching. It looks like it's going to be his last uh, uh, last World Cup plays. So I don't know what's going to happen with Ronaldo. And also, you got to understand the dynamic with him uh, under Eric Ten Hag. There's a new manager around. He's trying to build a project for five, ten years. Uh, to try and get United back to those days under Sir Alex Ferguson. Right. So it's going to be interesting to see the dynamic there as well. Right. Like you said, like he's approaching the end of his career. So does he really want to spend those those last years playing Europa yeah. League or does he want to play at the peak the best he can? So that's yeah. a question he has to answer. From what I've seen, he's staying at United. He hasn't said anything about leaving. No rumors have been associated with him that um, claim that he's leaving. And... This is one of the reasons why I like love Ronaldo so much, man, because I know he loves this club and I know it hurts him to the core to see them where they are now because this is it's almost like this is his home. It's and Sir Alex Ferguson, I think it pains him too. like it, like um Ronaldo said Sir Alex Ferguson is like another dad to me. And so I think that he has such love for this club. And I think he desperately, desperately, desperately wants to see them back on the biggest stage, back challenging for trophies, being the Manchester United of yesteryears. And so I think Ronaldo, I think he's going to stay. Obviously, Eric Tenhag, Tenhag, like you said, he's trying to make a project. But I don't see why Ronaldo wouldn't fit into that, that whatever project. Like, obviously, he's trying to do something for the future. But Ronaldo fits into any team. I mean, even though the squad around him had a terrible season, he had a great season by his standards, uh, even by his standards. Um, I think he had 18 goals in the Premier League, made uh, a couple goals in uh, like a, a good amount of goals in the Champions League. He was, he was still, he still, despite how bad of a season United have, Ronaldo hasn't lost any of his um, stature as a player because he consistently put up his numbers. He did his job. And he was great. So something I'm, I think Ronaldo's a great leader. So I'd like to see Eric Ten Hag give him a cap, captain's ban. But that's for another episode. But I think you, I think Ronaldo stating, what do you think he's doing? Uh, one last thing I wanted to add was like obviously we know that the Glazers like to uh, work around finances, and with them not being in the Champions League, they might see Ronaldo as that. Okay, he's our big money like cash cow basically because they're obviously missing out on revenue. Uh, loss in the Champions League, and they might want Ronaldo to stick around for a year till they get back in the Champions League. Hopefully, they do next year, uh, because he obviously attracts huge sponsorships, huge uh, deals, uh, and can make up for those uh, in short sales as well. Bridge the loss uh, of the Champions League. So, you think he's gonna stay? I think I think he will stay uh, for another year, but I think he'll he'll move on. Uh, at, at the end of his contract. It'll be interesting to see where he moves. Like, does he move back to his boyhood club, Sporting Lisbon? Does he come to uh, America? So, yeah. 
who knows? Maybe if Eric Ten Hag goes well, maybe we might see Ronaldo maybe extend his maybe. contract a little bit. Yeah, that would be interesting. I would, I would like to see that happen. I have hopes. And even if they're not competing for the UCL, um, I mean, I think the Premier League, if Eric Ten Hag, like, I mean, it, it's probably going to take a miracle for United to win the Premier League next season. But if Eric Ten Hag, yeah. I mean, I know he's going to get going soon. So maybe the Premier League is definitely, it's a great piece of silverware to have. So who knows? I do have a question for you. Yes. Obviously, we know Cavani's leaving. We know Cavani's leaving. So you obviously do need to get a striker. And you can't get a, a big-name striker because with that, Ronaldo has to drop to the bench. Or this big-name striker has to play on the bench because Ronaldo has to play. Or So you're going to have two big egos. So how, would you, uh, how do you think United are going to manage uh, getting a new striker and, uh, working, and him working around Ronaldo uh, or Ronaldo working around the big striker? I see what you're saying. So... um. Honestly, um, well, first and foremost, I know they've been scouting some players at Ajax because Eric Ten Hag, he's always said I might bring some players from Ajax. Um, But I don't think in the striker position, I don't think because Ajax's striker is... uh, Ronaldo, that's it, right? No, at Ajax, it was... um, Oh, oh, at Ajax? It was, uh, I don't he, know who their striker. He was. In the Premier League. He was uh, he oh, was Sebastian Haller. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sebastian Haller. Um, I don't. He I don't was very good. Yeah, he was great. Um, especially this season in the UCL. But I don't think he'll come to United. Um, I'm trying to think a loan name. Yeah, you have know. to get like a youngster. You have to get a youngster who is willing to work around Ronaldo, learn under him. Like for a year or two, and then yeah. once Ronaldo moves on, he's ready to take like the limelight because obviously Ronaldo can't play all thirty-eight games with his age. So you do have to get a backup striker, uh, yeah. and it, uh, that backup striker has to be some 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 guy who's willing to sit on the bench, uh, accepting the fact that he can only get playing time maybe after a year. Yeah, yeah it'll be somewhat maybe max thirty million, forty million, even forty million is a lot. Yeah. So maybe thirty million. And if not that, United have always had a philosophy where they have a lot of um, emphasis with their academy. They love using their academy. It's kind of sort of right into their history. Um, the class of the class of um, with uh, David Beckham, class of yeah. So, um, so obviously, um, United have a great history with producing great academy products. A lot of their lineup has academy products in there. So, yeah, I think. Yeah. I think that they, that could definitely. I know Alexander Garnacho's coming up. Uh, oh yeah. So there's a couple up and coming players in the academy that we could definitely see. I know Anthony Alanga. He's uh, been oh, yeah. he's as a striker before. I don't know about really too. I, I don't. I'm not sure if I like him too much as a striker. Honestly, I see him. What more about Rashford? A, Rashford. They're saying they might be trialing him as a um uh, as a striker. But I'd rather he sing... has played there before. Yeah, he played there sing... under Van. Think, yeah, yeah. I'd or rather see under him... Mourinho. Or so, yeah, yeah. I'd rather see him play on the wings because last season he was great on the wings, and I think this season he was bad. He he had surgery. Um, yeah, management changed. 
he just lost some of his confidence, but I think he's working hard. I've seen him and seen him doing it and his preseason, uh, his vacation early started hitting the gym, working on it. So I think he's got, he's set for a good season. Yet. And he's still very young, 24 years old. It's hard. It's easy yeah. to forget considering he, he has an MBE. He does a lot of things for the community. He has a yeah. lot of his plate. So, but I think, I mean, I think he'll have a good season this year. You think so? I think so. And I hope so. I don't know. I think he might leave. Do you not think so? No, he, he's not leaving. I, that was definitely a rumor before, but uh, now I think I think Ten Hag says he he wants Rashford to stay, and Rashford, like Ronaldo, he loves United. He was made at United, so I think he's gonna stay. That's interesting. Now, our final segments will kind of will kind of breeze through this because we probably touched on him for a few clubs, but we're talk, we're gonna talk about the break, Prem Big Five: Liverpool, Chelsea, Man City, United and Arsenal. Uh, I guess we'll include Tottenham too because Tottenham are now in the UCL. Yeah. But um, so let's start with Man City. Um, what do you think are the positions, if any, they need to work on this summer for transferring? Yeah. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I, a lot of players are going to be leaving, like Gabriel Jesus and uh, uh, Raheem Sterling is looking uh, for his way out. Same with Bernardo Silva, linked with Barcelona. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, how uh, they manage that. Obviously, they have two new strikers. Uh, and out, uh, some guy, well, not some guy. He's a very good striker, a very young prospect coming from River Plate uh, called Alvarez and obviously Erling Haaland. So they, they've they kind of filled that spot up uh, at striker uh, for uh, Jesus uh, departing. Uh, Sterling is departing. I'm not sure whether they need uh, any more position. I think they've done their business for the uh, summer pretty early on. With Julian Alvarez and Erling Haaland, right, right. Well, would you say that maybe they might need to sign a couple um, players for depth? You know, just maybe to... midfield, maybe midfield because Fernandinho is leaving and uh, uh, Rodri is the only uh, holding midfielder. Maybe, but uh, it's going to be more of a squad player. I think they had their starting eleven kind of yeah. all set and ready. We heard that Raheem Sterling might be leaving too, right? Yeah, he, he's linked to Chelsea uh, along with numerous other clubs. Uh, and he kind of wants to uh, get a move on because he obviously didn't get that much playing time under Guardiola last year. And we know what he's capable of. He's hit yeah. 15, 20 goal seasons before. Yeah. So would you say, uh, I think now after Erling Haaland, Julian Alvarez, would you say uh, Man City's primary focus might just be players that challenge the starting players for lineups, um, making sure they're staying in tip-top shape, stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah, I think so, because they, they obviously have to stay ahead of the curve because they are at the top, and Liverpool are uh, hunting them down uh, like, like a, a, a pack of wolves. So we'll, yeah. we'll see what happens. Yeah. Now Liverpool. Liverpool, um, so they already have a great squad. What do you think... What positions do you think they need to? Again, I'm not players? sure that they, I'm not sure whether they need so many players. They don't need a squad uh, overhaul because I mean we've seen that they almost uh, came. They came very close to winning a quadruple, uh, and uh, obviously Sadio Mane is leaving. So I think that's the only Liverpool don't like to do too much business. They don't have the financing uh, financing power. Man City, Chelsea, or United have, uh, but they're very shrewd with their business, and I think. Once they sign, uh, if they do uh, Darwin Nunes, I think that might be the uh, end of their business. Right. If I, some people might dislike me for this, but I think 
Liverpool probably should sign a defender, like a defender, because really, they, so they signed Ibrahim Kanate, right? Kanate, yeah. He's been he's been great, but uh, Matip is obviously there too. Matip, but Matip, I think Matip and Virgil Van Dijk, I think you've seen like glimpses of them coming off their like prime form. I don't know. Like, I, don't, I, think I think they're, they're I, I think they're still stable. I don't think they need. I think they can serve them for a couple good couple more years. They obviously Ibrahim Kanate as well. So yeah, yeah, Ibrahim Kanate. So maybe I'm thinking that Liverpool purchase like another young Ibrahim Kanate is what maybe, maybe. 24, yeah. 23. Yeah. Um, but like I think we saw a glimpse of it in the Champions League. Virgil Van Dijk making a mistake. Obviously, he's a great defender. Yeah. I would love to have him, but considering where Liverpool are. And where they were going thirty years, thirty years without a trophy, I think they would do as want to do as much as they can to prevent that. So I think feel like planning for the future might be, at least where they're thinking about going with the next few transfer windows. Could be, could be. Obviously, Klopp staying around. So you obviously yeah. have Klopp at the 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 head. Like he can attract big names coming through. So yeah, I don't see that being an issue with uh, players like not having the players who want to come. I think everyone will be interested in playing uh, with Liverpool. Now, Chelsea, we already pretty much touched upon that. We already, yeah. talk, already touched about how maybe they might need a striker if Lukaku can't fill those shoes. They're bringing in a winger. Um, possibly right back because uh, Azpilicueta yeah. might be moving to... I heard they're, they're pretty interested in Sergio Dest. Oh, yeah, I've also heard that. Obviously, there's... I think there's there, there's going to be a huge squad uh, overhaul at Chelsea. There's going to be a lot of turnover with uh, the midfield. I think one of Jorginho or Conte is going to leave. They're both expiring, uh, having contract expiring. We have, you know, Rudiger and Christensen are leaving. Alonso's leaving. Aspilicueta could leave. Uh, well, I think two of the forwards will be leaving. So you're going to get a lot of players uh, exiting the door, like Ross Barkley, Danny Drinkwater. A lot of these players are going to be ex- exiting the door. You're obviously going to have some players coming in. Like We obviously know Armando Broya is coming. Uh, Connor Gallagher is coming. So right. there's a very good academy at Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's also center backs like uh, Saar, Chalaba, who can also fill in that uh, role. So, But I do think Chelsea will, will need uh, like a, a, left, a backup left back for Chilwell. Uh, definitely two center backs for, to fill in Christensen and Rudiger. Uh, and maybe even a third one because Silver is, 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 is going to leave after uh, one more year. So it's going to be interesting uh, to see the, the overhaul at Chelsea uh, yeah. that's going to take place. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. There, that's a, that you pretty much named most of their starting eleven. So they're definitely, yeah. like you said, they're definitely. Uh, and Broja and Gallagher, they both had outstanding seasons themselves in the Premier League yeah. on loan. So that's going to be great for Chelsea. Um, yeah, but yeah, overhaul. They're going to bring in a lot of players. A lot of players leaving, but a lot of players you guys are linked to and good players too. Um, and you guys have the academy as always who could um, yeah bring up someone. Uh, yeah, so I think you're and like, I think you're signing. Yeah, I think obviously Chelsea are in a great position. They qualified for UCL. I mean, they weren't as much in the title race as Liverpool and City, but they were still there. Yeah. And they were still like... They were there at the beginning. Yeah, they were there at the beginning, and then they they got into the top four race almost like they they slipped up kind of yeah uh towards the end of the season yeah but I yeah so 
a lot of positions need filling. Um, but then you also mentioned something. Does Chelsea have financial fair play in the net? No. Now, uh, now that they're clear, they're, there's a new owner. Todd Bowley's come right. in. A lot of money. He's gonna That's he's true. gonna bring in. It looks like, yeah, he's obviously the owner of the LA Dodgers. Uh, so yeah, he's gonna bring in some money. Abramovich has set some uh some uh clauses in 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 this uh tra- transfer of ownership in that Todd Bowley cannot take money out of the club. Uh, it's it's called like uh, the Glazer way. It's being called because we obviously know what's happening at Manchester United with the Glazer family taking money out of the club. Uh, so but uh, th- there are some restrictions with uh, uh what Todd Bowley can do at Chelsea for the next ten years. Right. Right. Yeah. Now we're going over to Tottenham. Tottenham, Tottenham's tough. What, where do you think is their weak position? I mean, I know they're going for a midfielder in Weston McKinney. Obviously, they might be searching for because I think some clubs are still interested in Kane. So unless, but now that City have they've already Bowie signed, Holland, yeah. So that they've already signed. Uh, they've already signed uh, Ivan Perisic from uh, Inter yes. Milan. Yeah, yeah so, so obviously Conte doesn't like to stay for a long time. He likes to stay for a short time. He likes to win, uh, win trophies. And Perisic, I think it's a good signing, although he's slightly old. He's, it's, I think it's a two-year deal, so it's not a long, long-term uh, thing. He can definitely offer immediate success, which is what Conte wants. Conte has never been a project guy. He's always been come in, win, and leave. So uh, uh, it's going it's to be interesting to see... Uh, uh, who they sign because they're gonna have to sign some uh, players like of immediate uh, who can guarantee immediate goods because Conte yeah. is that type of manager. They actually they had a little bit of a haul from Juve in the I think it was the winter. They brought in um, Kulisevsky and um, yeah, uh, who was the uh, uh, Bernadeschi? No, Bentancur was it Bentancur? Oh, Bentancur, sure. yes, yes. Um, yeah, they both they brought and they were very uh, fringe players at um, Juventus, but they've hit the ground running they at Tottenham. They, they helped them a lot, yeah. helped them qualify for top four. So, yeah, um, uh, yeah, I think Tottenham. They have now. Well, now that um, I know, I said Harry Kane might be leaving, but now that Erling Holland has been purchased by Man City, I, I don't, don't see him leaving. Yeah, yeah. And especially, I don't see a reason for him to leave because, I mean, like, obviously, he, I mean, there's like a good chance that Tottenham won't win anything this year, but like, yeah. he's in this. I mean, they uh, have Champions League. they have Conte, they yeah. have Conte, and I can see them winning like a cup, like an FA Cup or a League Cup. Uh, Maybe, but they also had Park. What do you say? They also had Pochettino. Yeah, that's true. They did. They did. So, I mean, yeah, I think but Conte is Conte. Like, he, he guarantees yeah. you trophies. Pochettino is not quite the caliber of Conte. I think Conte is like a top five manager in the world. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. So, for Tottenham, that's a tough one. I mean, they have I would say right- maybe, I would say maybe a defender. Obviously, they don't really have that many good defenders, uh, I agree if any. Christian Romero and Ben Davies haven't been the greatest. Uh, Davin, they also, I think that Davin, is Sanchez still there? Davinson Sanchez. I think he's at awesome. Tottenham. I, yeah, so, I mean, obviously, they don't, they don't, they don't scream a great uh, defense. And we all know Conte likes to have a pretty tight defense. 
like he did at Chelsea and at Inter Milan with Skriniar uh, and those players. Uh, so yeah. it's going to be interesting to see uh, what Conte does because I think there's going to be a, a, a nice uh, kind of sort of mini overhaul to try and fit Conte's playing style. Yeah, and I think they're probably going to get a goal. They've been trying to get a goalkeeper for a while with Joe Hart, but then Joe Hart moved on. I mean, uh, Loris is getting quite old, even for a He's goalkeeper. He's 35, yeah. Yeah, so I heard they're interested in Dean Henderson of United. They've been interested in I, I think they signed, they signed Fraser Forster as a backup goalkeeper. Oh, yes, I've Like it's that. official. Yes. Yeah. But, and uh, so I think Lloris will stay on for a year, and then maybe they sign a, a big marquee goalkeeper. Yeah. 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 Okay. Tottenham. Now we'll go on to United. Where does it start? I think so many. Well, obviously yeah, the midfield. So Frankie De Jong. I think he's probably seen like most likely as like a replacement for Pogba. He's a box to box. He carries the ball well. He makes great passes. I think we're also looking for a CDM, which is why I'm so disappointed we lost in on Chumani or Tuchimani. I can't pronounce it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, obviously you have a lot of players leaving in the midfield. Pogba's leaving. Uh, Lingard's leaving. Uh, yeah, yeah. One more player's leaving. I forgot. Uh, Pogba, Lingard. There's also another player. I, I forgot his name. Uh but yeah, so you're obviously gonna have a lot of players leaving. Obviously, there's a huge hole at CDM with uh, Scott Scott McTominay and Fred not yeah. performing. Uh, so it's gonna be interesting to see what happens at uh, United. With you kind of need like a completely fresh new midfield to start yeah. uh, the season. Honestly, a lot. Um, there's been CDMs that I've seen come and go, but they've all been snatched up by a club. I can't think. I mean, maybe Conte, but Conte, like you said, yeah, he's getting old. Oh yeah, Matic is leaving. Matic is leaving. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mata so, too. Yeah. And we're also like Varane. He started the season off really well. He had he's been injury prone. He just got injured with the French French national team again. Maguire, I, I see he's getting replaced soon. Whether it be with Durian Timber, so? yeah, Durian Timber is probably most likely going to replace him from Ajax. You think? You think Maguire's going to leave or like he's going to stay on the bench or something like that? Bench. Because it's going to be hard to get Eric the money Hag, back. Eric Ten Hag has yeah. already stripped him of captaincy, pretty much. Like he's implied it. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. Is it um, De Gea who's the new captain or Ronaldo? De Gea or Ronaldo? They both yeah, have one of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. But as far as. The, um, I see Luke Shaw. I think he'll stay. I yeah. think. I mean, obviously, last year he was classified as one of the best left backs in the world. And so obviously he has that talent. And I think like that, like Solskjaer created that. And I think he was great with England in the Euros as well. Yeah. And I think, I think that um, it's not that he was bad this season, but he like, um, I'm not sure if you remember a couple years ago, he suffered a horror tackle in the Europa League. Yeah. And then like, like snapped yeah. his leg in two. He and came he back. Well, yeah, but now he had to have that rod in his leg. He just got that removed, so that's another surgery. Yeah. So I think he's recovering well, though. I think I think he'll be back to his best because we also have to take into account when a new manager comes in, everyone wants to prove themselves, man. Like remember when true, Ole true. came yeah. in. Yeah. So. Yeah. There's always this, that new manager, like uh, uh, what's it called, new manager bounce type thing, where like yeah. when a new manager comes in. 
there's kind of like an upward trajectory for a bit of time and then it kind of goes down. Like we saw that with uh, United, kind of United under Rennick, uh, definitely under Solskjaer. Uh, so, yeah. Also, I think you'll also need a new. I think you'll also need a new right back to fill in yeah, uh, Aaron Wan Bissaka. Um, because yes, uh, Aaron Wan Bissaka, I had high hopes for him, but he hasn't improved his attacking game much. Yeah. If he did, I think he would be one of the best right backs in England. Like if he put up the same numbers as uh, uh, Trent, like well, Trent not even Trent, even as Reese James as an attacking in a, an attacking sense. Yeah. Probably the best right back in England because he's unpassable as in defense. Like he's crazy. His tackles is true. almost become trademark. Um, so we've true, seen true. the starting position being given to Diogo Dallo, and he's okay, but I don't see him as our long term yeah. starting. Like I see him more as like true. someone who's pushing our starting right back, back to be the um to be like better. And that's an interesting thing about um, Jurian Timber because he is very versatile. He could play um, I, he could play right back and yeah. center back. So it'll be interesting to bring him in. Um, obviously, we need a – I believe we need a left-footed center back to partner Varane. Um, we already have Talisman. Oh, yeah. What happened with yeah. – what, what do you think happened with Varane? You think – like he's kind of been quiet and we obviously think, haven't seen him I mean, hit the heights – of Real Madrid. Well, I think he's been he's probably been one of our better signings because obviously defense is not a one man job, but his moments like he's saved us a, a lot of times. Like he's been a he's been a good defender. Obviously, he has had moments. I think his he ended real, his career at Real Madrid a little bit shaky, but he's probably been our best defender this season and probably our one of our best signings back behind Ronaldo. Um. Yeah. But yeah. Uh. I think Varane, I think the starting position at center back, it's his to lose. I know Bailly is leaving. I don't see Lindelof yeah. filling in that slot. So I think um, whether it be Jurian Timber, Pau Torres, um, someone, some, uh, I think a, a big name, like a relatively big name center back is going to come in yeah. and fill in that spot. And be worth uh, for a lot of cash too, because that's one of our problematic places. Because for sure, I think you can make an argument for CDM, like like Scott McTominay is still learning. Fred will always give his all. He has a lot of energy. May not be technical, but he has games where he's great and games where he's god awful. So yeah, so we we don't know. But I think yeah. So center back, right back, and. Midfield or United's problem areas. Now, finally, sure. last yeah. but not least, Arsenal. Arsenal. This is tough because I think I know that Ar- they're, I know that they're linked in for a striker. Obviously, Lacazette just left to Leon. Yeah. It's official now. Uh, obviously, the uh, Aubameyang left, so I think they're trying to look for uh, Gabriel Jesus from Man City. Uh, who else would, would they need? I think they need kind of a mini overhaul. Obviously, it didn't end the way they want. They kind of hoped for it. They just missed out on the top four. Uh, uh, they obviously had it in their hands uh, towards the end of the season, but they lost to Newcastle on the second last game of the season to lose uh, the top four essentially. So I don't. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Obviously, they have a lot of young players 
it, I think it's the youngest squad in the Premier League. Obviously, Emil Smith Rowe, uh, Bukayo Saka, uh, young defenders like Ben White, uh, there too. So Aaron Ramsdale. So it's it's kind. I like what Arteta's doing, but sooner or later he needs to start delivering the goods. Uh, it's been yeah. three years now uh, in a row. Uh, last year I thought it was our best chance of top four because United weren't there. Spurs only came on towards the end of the season, uh, and they didn't have European football, so they didn't have to worry about uh, playing uh, Thursday and Sunday. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, whether Arsenal can finally get that top four. It's been a while since they've been in the Champions League. Right. I mean, I think over the past couple of years, Arsenal have almost become, like to me, I've been used to them of being like a mid-table club. So I think... Yeah, this season has actually been quite good to, for them. Um, they were yeah. playing some really like, intri- uh, very um appealing football, and it's. I think it's not. I think honestly, I think they deserve top four. It's unfortunate they didn't get it. They were they ha- like you said they just slipped up at the last moment, but they're obviously they're linked with some good players. Um, Yuri Tielemans of Leicester, I think he's strongly yeah, linked with. I've Arsenal. heard of him. Yeah. Um. Obviously, I think they're yeah. So like a midfielder, a midfielder because Xhaka yeah. is also uh, leaving. I like I've heard rumors that he's leaving. So it's gonna yeah. be interesting to see what happens with Arsenal. They need probably a, a midfielder, a striker, maybe a defender. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe Gar- Gabriel Martinelli. He plays on the wing, right? Yeah, Martinelli plays on the wing. He can play up front, yeah. but he's mainly used in the wings. They obviously have Smith Rowe and Saka uh, there too. Yeah, well, so- Saka is on one wing. I think uh, Smith Rowe Smith- plays at number ten. He plays more. Yeah, he plays as a cam. Him yeah. and Odegaard are in the, like the midfield. Um, him, Odegaard, yeah. um, and Partey, they're like the Odegaard. midfield trio. Yeah, and they've yeah. they've had great seasons. So I think, um, I guess Jury Tielemans, he sort of plays. He plays winger sometimes for Leicester, but I, in my opinion, He's I think. Mainly- I, yeah, go ahead. Tielemans is mainly deployed as like a center mid. I yeah. do think they need a replacement for uh for Xhaka slash Party. Uh, I mean, uh, Party's been all right. Uh, Odegaard's been fantastic. Same with uh, Smith Rowe and Saka. So they obviously have good good players. I think just one or two players in each position uh, in each like role defend defense midfield attack to sharpen up uh, uh each uh, area. I see. I think. I think they should also look in for a replacement for Martinelli. You think so? You th- you don't think Martinelli is good enough? I don't think. I don't think he's that good. Like I think. I mean, I think he's more of a backup anyway, because yeah, they have so Saka think, and. Smith. Yeah. yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, they're getting a striker now. Yeah. Yeah. Also, um, what are your opinions on Aaron Ramsdale? Uh, so so I have so I've looked into some stats and I think uh, don't quote me on this he has conceded uh, four like more goals than expected goals but uh, because of his positioning uh, I think the backup is Leno uh, Leno no, has done the reverse wait who was Leno's the backup leaving. wasn't it Leno Leno's leaving Matt Turner's I know Leno's leaving I know Leno's leaving uh, but Leno this season had four he had saved four more goals than expected goals. Like he had plus four uh, goals 
like he conceded four less goals than expected, whereas Ramsdale conceded four more than expected. But I think he's a young prospect. Uh, obviously, we've seen him having uh, uh, great saves, but part of that has to do with his positioning. Uh, it hasn't been that great. Uh, he's sometimes found himself in bad positions, which have led him to make such good saves. Uh, but I think he's one for the future, and I, he recently got a place in the England team. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, Ramsdale. I've yeah, I've been saying it forever. His positioning is terrible. I mean, he said it himself that he always does a little dive for the cameras just to make it look that much better. Obviously, I mean, if he improves his positioning, he'd be a great goalkeeper. But like. I think it might be a little bit of my American bias. I could see Turner taking that position because Turner nah, is a great nah, goal- nah, nah. Turner is a great goalkeeper. I'm telling, and we've seen goalkeepers from the MLS become regulars in great Premier League sides. Brad Friedel did it with Liverpool and Tottenham. Casey Keller there's did it with. There's actually a new. Uh, there's a uh, TD Slonina who's linked with the uh, Real Madrid from Chicago Fire in the MLS. Exactly. So there is some good young, good young goalkeepers in, uh, yeah. in the US. Right. But then with the World Cup on the line, we have to take that. But US yeah. men's national team is another episode, and that wraps sure. us up. We talked about it a lot. Um, yeah. So thank you guys for joining us. Um, for, and uh, I'd like to thank Sai. Sai's a very knowledgeable, knowledgeable guy. He, I talk to him a lot about soccer. He's a great dude. He's awesome. Thank you so much, Sai, for coming on here and giving us your input. Thank you for He's having me. Valued. Of course, of course. All right, guys, we will see you it's next time on our next episode. See you guys. Bye. Right, see ya. See ya. Can you cut?